0: Hey there, my name is Vosh. I live stream on YouTube and Twitch, and sometimes I even upload the good bits. This is Previously Live.
1: Okay, Introduce yourself to my,
0: to my loving community, please.
1: Uh, I am the Leftist Owl. I, uh, I do political content on Twitch and on YouTube, um, and Right now, we're doing, you know, part of a, a video series I've been doing called Voices of Pride, where I get people from the community that that are LGBT uh, to talk about their experiences and to basically chat about uh, LGBTQ issues.
0: Yeah, I, I am gay, uh, in in a manner of speaking, so I have so much to add to this particular conversation. Thank you for uh, talking to me.
1: Yeah, no problem. Just give me a second. I'm setting up everything on OBS. Got to yes. get the window capture. First question is, what? how do you How do you identify within, like, the LGBTQ
0: space? Uh, I normally just go as, I just call myself pan, like, pansexual. That's normally what I go mm-hmm. by.
1: So just pansexual?
0: Yeah, I usually just go by that. Or, like, queer? I'm a big fan of, um, of, kind of like, crunching down on terminology, you know? Like, the le- less said, the better, I think. I feel yeah, like people fair. use a lot of descriptors sometimes, and it gets a little weird.
1: That's fair. So when did when did you know that you're uh you were pansexual?
0: Okay. So I thought I was straight. I guess everyone grows up thinking they're straight or most people do because that's sort of the the default. But um when I um when I was like 14 or 15 or something like that, I realized, you won't believe it. I realized that I liked dick, okay? I thought I thought dick was handsome, okay? Um and the the way that I realized that at first was through those god awful like fake Funanari live action websites where it was like yeah here's a girl with a dick and it's like a fake prosthetic thing whatever I was Mm I've fucking never seen a dick in person except for my own I don't fucking know but anyway uh those were in retrospect uh terrible but uh a little while after that I wondered like hey you know mathematically if I like dicks like I'm probably gonna have a way easier time finding them on guys do I like guys or do I just like the dick and uh, a, a little while after that, I realized I didn't I didn't mind the the guy thing either. So,
1: yes, yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Most most people usually like sort of know by like experimenting in college, or like <clears throat> or the, or the very least sort of like internally sort of formulate that within like their formative years, or or like in their teenage years. So, what like, how old were you when you when you like sort of like accepted that you were a pan?
0: I guess it would have been like sixteen. But I I said bye back then, because um, I didn't know the difference between the terms. And I don't really think there is, in a practical sense, a difference between the terms. But I guess it was like 16. I was actually like super proud of it, too, you know? I remember back when I was really, 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 really young, like six or seven or something, I was super proud of my Irish ancestry, even though I am one-quarter Irish, have never been to Ireland, don't know anything about Ireland, and don't care about Ireland. So when asked by my, like... Second grade computer teacher to make an email handle. I ch- picked Irish Laddie, uh, which is which is stuck with me for some time uh, afterwards. Uh, and um, I think that in the same spirit of of desperately wanting to be part of like a community or have a fun descriptor to attach myself to, the moment I thought I might be into dudes, I was like telling all my friends like, "Yep, I'm actually bi." Ha! Aren't I cool? Like that kind of thing, you know. <laughs>
1: Cool kid in school that's bi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so did religion ever have an influence um in your experiences as as someone that's LGBTQ?
0: No, my parents are pretty much agnostic and um the community that I was raised in is really, really Jewish. Uh Beverly Hills and like the Hollywood area. And um they aren't like super fucking annoying the way a lot of Christians tend to be, when they heavily dominate a region's politics and culture. Uh, the only... T- I was, like, never proselytized at, even by the Orthodox Jews. And I'm pretty sure Orthodox Jews tend to be pretty homophobic, too, but they were never... Um, they, they were never a pain in the ass or, or anything like that. So I never really experienced uh, any uh, mistreatment on, on account of my, uh, you know, my my identity or preferences.
1: Well, that's good. The, uh, you know, I, I grew up mostly in the bible belt so like if if i had been you know queer and in, uh, in those spaces it would have been very very different um but it's, oh yeah. it's good that oh yeah yeah it's it's definitely good that you didn't feel any like any you know external pressure from from people uh for the most part um which kind of leads into my next question i usually ask if they ever like if they ever have you know conflicting feelings throughout their their childhood about like being who they are and stuff like that but uh but i think we could skip that um no i was
0: i was pretty oh, well really? adjusted about it i no no no, yeah. no as in you're correct okay. i never even had a conversation with my parents about it you know because i thought my, my thoughts were when i was young like in mid to late high school like i could talk to my parents and say like hey just so you know like i'm, I'm bi or i'm pan i'm into guys too and considering how progressive my parents had always been i thought about it and i thought. What am I even gonna get out of that conversation? Like, all they're gonna do is tell me, "Of oh, of course, we love you anyway." It's like, what? Like, what am I even telling them for? You know, like, I, I there's no other outcome that they would give me. There's no negative outcome here. It would just be like a two minute conversation. If anything, they'd be annoying about because they'd be like, "Oh my god, thank you, you're so brave for telling us," and I'd be like, "No, it's, it's fine." So I just opted not to tell them and never have told them, and then I just. Casually mentioned at some point in the future, like, "Oh yeah, well, there was this guy I hooked up with," and and it was never questioned or nobody had any issues with it. So, yeah, <laughs> it's just kind. It it, <laughs> we skipped the whole conversation, basically.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's it, that's that's always good too. You always you always hear about people coming out, but like people, just, the parents just sort of silently accepting you is is also pretty pretty rad.
0: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess that should be like the right. That seems like the best way, right? I mean, because you never have the conversation if you're straight, you know. You never have to go like, yeah. "Yeah, I'm straight." So, so it seems like a sort of assumed default acceptance is is the best possible outcome. At least it made if me. If anything,
1: feel if anything's it, growing up in certain areas, it's sort of like the opposite, where like parents will like worry if their kid is gay, and it's like really weird. Like that, like I've I've heard parents like be like, oh, well, I'm glad, it, you know, I I was worried he was gay for a second there or something like that, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. yeah, and it's just really really bizarre.
0: Yeah, it's uh, I, I had I had friends who were in that position too, because well, they did turn out to be gay, so their parents' deepest fears were totally valid, uh, but um, <laughs> or warranted, I should say, but uh, it, it, where where it's you know they're like uh, oh, I'm so glad that my son went to this hunting trip or you know they went to this computer science thing or whatever because uh, i thought they were gay and this will be good to make them more manly or whatever and of course it never fucking works that way right i mean you go on a hunting trip yeah. if you're a gay lad and you find other gay lads on the hunting trip who are also sent there by their homophobic fathers so it's it, yeah it's it, it pretty much an ongoing process
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that remind that oh my god, that re- that reminded me just briefly of like the, the Jesus camp stuff. Did you ever did you ever see like that documentary?
0: Yes. I think I know the one you're talking
1: about specifically. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, that was it's rough. Um yeah. so what was what was what was your uh experience going through school um as LGBT? Like were were you ever like like what was what was like going through school like for, for you as someone that was part of the LGBTQ um spectrum as it were i wish i had more of a like victimhood story
0: to jerk off over but honestly (laughs) it really didn't change that much i was never bullied like i guess sometimes like i got called the f slur but i think it was the same amount as i got called the f slur before i realized that i was into guys (laughs) too so i think that might have been the the acceptable you know sexuality neutral f slur not so much the targeted. I I never felt like I was I was attacked over it really. Even the the bully. I didn't really have like bullies. I guess because I was a big kid. I wasn't super popular, but I wasn't like prime being mean to material. But even then, the 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 mean comments that I got were always more classic bully shit. Like uh, you know, you're fat or like four eyes or whatever. Well, I guess the "you're fat" thing stopped because I started working out pretty early. But you know what I mean. It was never really targeted along those Mm -hmm. lines. It might have also been like a a, um, an accessibility thing because I don't. I mean, I didn't. I don't. I don't think I fucked any guys when I was in high school. Not until later. I don't. Actually, wait. I'm trying to remember. Did I? um, I don't remember. I don't. I don't think that I did. So. No, no. It would have been. It would have been early college. No, vermin. That was the full time, like full penetration. There was stuff before that. Um, yeah, no, it wouldn't have been in high school. So anyway, I don't really, I don't know if I gave people the opportunity to make fun of me. I wasn't like making out with dudes in the hallway or whatever.
1: Well, beyond just like the bullying stuff, like what was what was it like uh, going through school? Like, did you did you have fr- friends that were like also LGBT? Did you guys like have like a little like uh, sort of click within within the school?
0: Uh, I had, no, no, my my click were all fucking nerds. We played WoW and shit. Uh, I, I I had the one person who I was hooking up with back then was a girl who was also bi, or pan, or whatever, but um, she was also, I don't know if she was really a pariah. We didn't have the same social circle. Uh, I don't really think that I bonded with anyone over it. That didn't really happen until college, because Beverly High was a pretty progressive place, uh, in the sense that at least with LGBTQ stuff, I don't think it was as bad as a lot of other high schools seem to be with that kind of stuff, but um, I don't know how much representation there was either. I think I only knew one gay kid, and he was an annoying cunt. Like, I actually, my parents actually sent me to therapy when I was like eleven years old because I was being homophobic to this one gay kid. I didn't even know what being gay meant back then, but he was so annoying that I just assumed that being gay was what made him annoying. So they actually, they, my parents were worried, and they were like, "Okay, hold on." And I didn't actually talk to the therapist about anything because there was nothing to talk about. We, be, we were based. The therapist was gay too. But again, I didn't know what being gay meant. I just assumed it was some kind of like group or like personality trait. It might as well have been like a. W- w- Migs Breyer Breyer? It might as well have been a horoscope to me, okay? <laughs> so apart from that one asshole, uh, I, I didn't really interact with any people who I knew to be LGBTQ until college, at which point pretty much all of my friends since that have been gay in fact i don't actually think i've made a single straight friend since going to college so the bias really kicked in around there
1: okay someone in my chat was like little vosh thinking gay equals annoying
0: (laughs) yeah well i mean of course i ended up being right about that but for much more complicated (laughs) sociological reasons than i than i initially thought i i legitimately thought it was just like a you know, just like a fuck, this stupid. <laughs> just, it's like, oh, a person's gay. It's like you know, you might as well have told me you're a you're a you know a Raiders fan. I have no fucking idea. Um, but when I went to college, that's when I started making all the gay friends.
1: Was, has there has there ever been like a bigotry you've you've experienced outside of like um school or like outside of uh, out in like the, the wild of, of the great yonder of of the of America.
0: Uh, unironically, so, I mean, I could, like, take the easy answer and say, like, oh, would Nazis make fun of me online? But, um, I mean, they would attack anyone over anything if it, like, made their egos feel better. So, I don't know if that really counts. Like, you could say that about anyone, right? Like, any person of any minority status, you'll find a bigot online. The only time that I really was surprised by, um, bigoted behavior that I experienced was during the Kinkit Pride discourse. Uh, there was an, a lot of unironic biophobia that I noticed from the so-called progressives who were shitting on me. Uh, people kept calling me straight over and over. Now it's kind of a joke in this chat to call me straight from time to time, because I, I guess I don't exude that much dripping there, homosexual there, there energy.
1: There's so many uh, so many clips of you uh, slipping and yeah yeah exactly. Straight. I'm <laughs> like I'm a cis straight, and I
0: guess like compared to a lot of my friends who wear their gayness much more. I should say queerness to be technically correct, but they're much more evident about it, and I'm not. I guess, like, in most social circles, I could be considered straight passing. So sometimes, like, it's a joke. It's even been a joke in my own, like, IRL friend groups. Like, oh, yeah, you know, Vosh is, like, the straight guy. Um, But um, but, uh, during the kink and pride discourse, there were a lot of people unironically acting. Like, uh, I had no experience with pride or that I was, uh, like, uh, straight and I faked it. I think Destiny one time said that I'm fake pan. Which was kind of oh weird because I think he has complained about people saying he's fake
1: by in the past. So Well well, I mean I mean this is the guy that was literally like, Oh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be non binary for the lulz guys. You know, I'm not th- saying that to like devalue his, his non binariness, but like he literally was just like, "Yeah, I'm going to do- be non-binary for the lulls, guys."
0: My the most charitable interpretation of Destiny's behavior when he said that I was faking being panned was that he wasn't thinking about it, so we'll just go with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, b- but um, but or, or maybe he was mad I didn't come on to him at Free or Future Fest. I have no idea. Anyway, um, the uh, uh uh in terms of like bigotry experience, it really hasn't been that significant, so I don't feel like I have anything to complain about. I certainly don't want to um, I don't know implicitly diminish the shit other queer people have gone through by uh you know by by explaining my relatively minor experiences and going oh yeah well as you can see we're still quite oppressed you know
1: yeah um i, I was so tempted to, to open this up with those clips of you being like i'm straight <laughs> just be it, like you say you're pan but are you really <laughs> many people are saying this uh it's it,
0: for me i mean so this i think is kind of a contentious thing in a lot of queer communities but i actually think that being gay is as much cultural or being queer is as much cultural as it is actual like sexuality based because queer culture is a real thing in the states when it comes to like how people dress how they talk what type of media they consume how they act how they respond to things politically their biases and opinions like i feel like a person can be gay without it having anything to do with their actual sexual preferences this is obviously a kind of semantic game. I mean, really what I'm saying is that they align with queer culture. But I've noticed mm-hmm. a lot of that, especially post-college, where I'll see people and I'll look at them and I'll think, okay, this is an exceptionally gay person. And no, they're actually uh, straight. It just, it, it it doesn't matter with regards to how they interact with others. I really like that because there are always going to be cultural distinctions to queerness with regards to behavior, speech. We all know about the gay lisp, for example. And um, having it, ubiquitized to the point that straight people are adopting some of those mannerisms too it i don't know it it's validating it uh i I think it it means it's kind of like a shared culture to defend rather than an isolated sexual identity to attack
1: i like that yeah and uh shit i was gonna say i was gonna say something i forgot damn i forgot you'll probably find another thing to say (laughs) <laughs> um I was very specific. It was specific to what you were saying too. I hate I hate these brain fart moments. Um anyways, anyways, moving on, moving on. I ain't going no. Um So um oh, 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 I I remember. Uh I recently started hanging out in like a polyam uh group and um and they're very like queer inclusive. And I, that's one thing I've noticed is that a lot of a lot of, gay people are like way more fun than straight people. Cause like I I went I went on the, like this blind date thing, um, and it was m- mainly straight people there, and it was the most boring thing on earth. Cause they they just talked about the most vapid things. But you go to like one of the like, you know, like this polyamorous group, and they're they're all just talking about everything, and it's just it's super fun.
0: I think the um the trend that I've noticed is I think that in a lot of, and again, I'm using straight kind of culturally here, you know, like, like straight communities, gay communities. I've noticed that in a lot of straighter communities, your gender says a lot more about you than it does in queerer communities, which is funny because mm-hmm. queer people are the ones who are told they always obsess over gender. But if I'm like going to a straighter kind of play, you know, like a, like a, I just imagine a community that's like, you know, you'd expect like a lot of head dudes are there or whatever. I feel like I can guess a lot more about the guy's personality just based on their gender that I could if it was like a more queer aligned thing. Like, oh, you're into sports? Dude, that's crazy. Oh, wow. You like hunting? Dude, wow. And then you see a person who wears glasses and has worse fashion sense. Oh, really? You like computers and to play video? Oh, dude, that's great Wow. <laughs> I feel like a lot more is worn on your sleeve, which it's not bad there's nothing wrong with that but it it, it's definitely a thing whereas in some like queer communities you can like anything anywhere like you can see people will be like rocking leather chokers and um and 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 will be speaking with a lisp and you'll go up to them and they'll talk to you about like football or you can go up to people who are wearing like three inch long nails and they'll talk to you about their league of legends games you know there's a lot more variety in how people present, which I find very appealing. I think it makes people tend to behave a little more interestingly.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I, I love going to that group and you know talking with people. It's always it's always a fun time. Um, but yeah, when 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 you go to like the straight stuff and like the the stuff not necessarily centered on straightness, but like very heteronormative in like its atmosphere, it's always very very boring. And I, I, that's just one thing I've, I've tended to notice is just hang around those people who just kind of drains on you sometimes. We have our biases, of course. I mean,
0: obviously yeah. the communities that are you know more more similar to us we're gonna find more interesting, but I do, I, to be clear, none of this has to do with uh, your actual sexuality, like being straight or gay or whatever, just the, yeah. the acceptance. What we're really talking about isn't sexuality, but rather like gender roles, because homosexuality has long been considered I- here in America to be a deviation from traditional masculine gender roles. Likewise, lesbianism in women. There's always been an alignment between your sexuality and the extent to which you're expected to conform to your gender. So uh, with regards to that, queer communities are going to have more queer people and more acceptance of queer people, which means more acceptance of atypical gender presentations. And I think that's great. I think that's uh, wonderful. It's why I think a lot of trans people are very funny, too, uh, because Mm -hmm. I think that... um, A lived sort of awareness of the arbitrary and absurdity of social roles is really important for comedy. Like, comedy is all about absurdity, right? You know? So being trans is fundamentally kind of absurd, right? I mean, the shit that you have to deal with, the, like, technicalities, all the little social rules you have to learn to unbreak and then break all over again, and it sounds very complicated. So glad that I'm cis. Thank you. But uh, an awareness of that dumb arbitrary I, I think can can make you you know pretty funny at least that's the impression that I've gotten
1: yeah it reminds me of the uh that section of Contra's video where she you know was talking about the that one trans youtuber that was talking about how she was donating sper- or like putting her sperm to be frozen um do you, do you remember that segment yeah
0: was it um GG Gorgeous, I think was yeah, the name yeah. of the YouTuber. Yeah, yeah. Where 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 she was trying to donate sperm to be a biological mother or something like that. Um now, now I have never watched this YouTuber, of course. But yeah, no, I think uh I can I can imagine how much less funny it would have been if it had been uh you know, like um what would the joke have been there for like a stereotypical like cishet dude? Would it have been like I came so hard? hit the wall like dude my balls are so big there would have been like some bravado Mm -hmm. to it it would have been less interesting certainly at least stereotypically
1: so um what aspect of of being lgbtq do you think should have more focus or be, be talked about more um
0: i think honestly i feel like um it's more about what i want talked about less I think that a lot of the queer community is very young, and that's, I mean, it's fine, you know, things have been normalized more recently. And um, as a product of that, there are a lot of people who are um, kind of defending their identities by leaning really hard into them in a way that sometimes I think can be kind of weird or counterproductive. So like as a gender abolitionist, for example, I've always felt like people should not even actually not even just about gender, more about like labels in general, right? I think that the best world is one in which we have very refined language with how to describe ourselves, but we don't feel a need to use it very often. If that makes any sense, we can we can we can pinpoint with great specificity, like what we believe, what we are, how we identify, how we feel, but the need to define yourself with such specific terms is not great because there's just a general acceptance of your identity you know even even if it's like atypical as long as you're not hurting people but in a lot of queer communities there is a lot of just oh god just conversation and conversation and discourse and discourse and discourse and discourse and discourse and discourse, and discourse, and discourse about things that to me the most progressive answer would be like a sort of quiet acceptance if that makes any sense
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, i I, I, I get what you're saying like where where they're producing like you know all these different labels for these different you know specific situations and 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 character traits right rather than you know accepting that that human language is like limited in its scope of of being able to you know encapsulate the human experience
0: yeah it's like a, a good example of this would be flags right like mm-hmm. um we've all i mean you've probably seen but like the jokes of like <laughs> the 20, flag, yeah. right 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 and there are like 20 <laughs> flags and it's like well this one's more progressive than this one and well this one now we aren't excluding intersex people or now this time we're not excluding Asexual people, whatever. And you, you can do this forever, right? You could you can break people down into a literally infinite number of categories. And I feel like in a way, you're actually doing the segregationist job for them by insisting on distinction along these categorical lines, you know? Nobody was ever discriminated against, you know, in a way particular to some hyper-specific, nuanced uh element of their identity that wouldn't have applied to like the broader label of queer or trans or stuff like that you know at a point you know there there's no longer any utility to the definitions you're using and it just becomes a kind of categorical satiation that makes you feel special for having a term that describes you so specifically but at that point we're talking nicknames so maybe we should roll back our obsession with that level of hyper specificity and instead, we should focus on broader aims. You know, let's minimize the infighting. Let's uh, let's let's work on positive messaging that's effective at you know carrying all of us across the water. Stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and I think I think what what you're getting at um, is sort of what happened with uh, Dylan because Dylan describes himself as as biromantic, uh, but homosexual, or is there's or is it bi- bisexual, homo romantic? My bad. Um, uh... And. And he, um, and but before, like publicly, like broadly, he would just say he was gay. But if you would actually ask him, like to like describe it, he would describe himself as, as, um, you know, bisexual, uh, homo romantic. And I think I think that um, that can also get a little weird, where you you just don't want to explain like every single thing you are you just want to catch all term to just describe yourself yeah of course there's nothing wrong with having the specific
0: language when called upon but sometimes it just gets into like weird infighty stuff you know like god if you see some of the tiktok discourse and every once in a while these videos make their way to my eyeballs you know it's like the the hetero like bi lesbian discourse you know like bi lesbian as far as i understand it usually just refers to like uh romantic uh bisexual for the most part, I think. That's what yeah. seems to be the case. But the term bi-lesbian is kind of constructed to exacerbate discourse, which there's nothing wrong with that inherently. I mean, who doesn't like a bit of controversy? But then when you start arguing about it, like within the community, it's like, well, how how much utility are we getting from this exactly? How How Or how, how much of this is just like, let's be real, like trying to feel special, you know? Not that there's anything wrong with that, but we have to be deliberate with how we speak and move when talking about social issues
1: yeah it just felt really weird because like I, I was just I, with that discourse i was just like just just let people identify how they want to identify just chill like calm down <laughs> like it's not that serious um anyways so um this is this is a new question I, I wanted to add do you think that um and this is specifically because of you. Do you uh, think monogamy is is a component of heteronormativity?
0: Oh, 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 yeah, for sure. The expectation for, for monogamy is absolutely aligned with heteronormativity. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, so are a lot of things, including being heterosexual, which, you know, people are going to be either way. Something being aligned with heteronormativity doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing. It just means that it's well aligned with it right like for example uh something that's aligned with um with white supremacy like historically is um is global trade like the way neocolonialism uh is a is a (laughs) a vehicle uh for white supremacy abroad through the way in which it sort of describes and determines the allocation of goods however that doesn't mean that global trade is inherently bad it's just something to take into uh, thought
1: yeah definitely um and that's actually going to lead into a a question i have later um do you th- um what do you think within within the lgbt community and actually you, you might have already you know answered this one is like what 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 the most pressing issue within the community itself is
0: within the lgbtq community yes well i mean this is kind of like a broad lefty thing, but the, the the need to move past infighting is always pretty essential. I think it can be <clears throat> um, it can be incredibly destructive. The impulse to defend your group against some kind of optically damaging fringe element of another in a way that hurts both of you. So for example, uh, there are trans people who will, or or binary trans people who will distance themselves from non-binary people because they say that non-binary people are gonna empower straight people genociding all of them or something. But this is like an infinitely fractal process, right? With, with, um, fuck, with um, Stonewall, you know? Trans people were very present at Stonewall, but after Stonewall, you know, uh, the broader queer movement kind of went quiet about trans people even though that was the, uh, one of the big kickoffs for the movement because they knew that trans people would be much harder to defend than um, than, than like cisgender gay people so it was something that they, they, they essentially they threw them under the bus you know and tactical considerations like that are always going to be a part of social movements but you know sometimes you do have to put one up and form a united front I don't know how much this happens today outside of the TERFs, though. They're the biggest one, right? They're trying to do the whole LGB drop the T thing. That's like the big... That's like the the biggest, most pervasive way in which this behavior is currently manifest.
1: Yeah, definitely. Turf Island is not helping.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's not. And they'll side with the far right, too. I mean, it's very clear that uh, if, if if your fight for, quote, you know, women's liberation involves allying with anti-feminists uh there's definitely some kind of misprioritization taking place somewhere along the there line.
1: was there there was literally a a turf i saw who legitimately thought that um that maleness was like a biological aberration rather than like a natural part of humanity
0: that's pretty wild stuff and you know the but, left movement uh speaking of avoiding infighting you know the broader left movement is a little bit responsible for this, because for the longest time, feminists were not willing to oust man-haters from their community. I don't think that, by the way, uh, man-hating feminists are like a huge portion of feminists or whatever, but they definitely are part of it. And definitely, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like the whole kill-all-men types, but a lot of feminists never wanted to question that behavior because they viewed it as a kind of, um, what's the term? bad when you when you ask uh bad faith questions to bait sympathy for a movement what, what is that term
1: devil's advocate uh
0: no no it's um
1: uh oh.
0: uh no it's uh fuck what is that term no no not tone policing not sea lining it's when you're um concern trolling concern trolling that's right okay. that's right you know oh you think feminists should stop hating men well you're just a fake anti-feminist who uh, is exaggerating a problem within the movement to serve your own political ends well I don't know I mean uh, it kind of turned into something pretty big and bad didn't it All of these turfs now I mean they're kind of being mainlined by like unironically misinterested lesbian cis women that's something worth at least taking into consideration.
1: Yeah, I saw I saw this one take that from from this supposed feminist that was basically like, why do why do I have to like raise my little brother to be a better man or like or like be nice to my little brother, knowing he's going to grow up to like abuse women like and like treat treat women like shit. Why do I have to be expected to like raise raise a man to to be better or whatever? And I'm just like, you're literally just saying I give up, you know, sexism going to sexism you know, I, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And it's just like, that. that's not how feminism or, or like, a, a movement works. You don't just throw up your fucking hands and just be like, men good to men and, you know, quit. It always comes down to essentialism,
0: doesn't it? That's pretty much the root of every reactionary movement. The idea that bad things that people do are inherent to them on a, some kind of biological or spiritual level. Uh, So any effort at reaching out to them is either worthless or, you know, should be tempered with the knowledge that
1: they're, kind of naturally inferior yeah it's it's utterly bizarre um so you might have touched on this a little bit but have you ever felt excluded from lgbt spaces due to misconceptions about your identity um apart from the
0: aforementioned biphobia not so much but that's mostly because i never really made that much of an effort to be a part of queer spaces um Mostly because, and again, I don't want to sound like a pick me or whatever, but while I do like hanging around people and in communities that are generally quite queer, going specifically to queer communities always felt a little bit odd to me, you know? Like, uh, so I have nothing in common with these people except for the fact that I'm not heterosexual or cisgender, right? It's, it's, It's not really like a it's not the lead-in that I'm really looking for. Now, there's a big difference between, like, a queer space and a kind of, like, queer area that caters to something else entirely. So, for example, you know, there were hiking groups back in my university that had big gay energy, um, but they weren't about, like, showing up and being gay or whatever. They were that was just happened to be a thing that they were, you know? I don't know if I'd want to go to a queer party, but I would go to a party that was queer. But because of my aversion to sort of deliberate and specific queer communities, I never really had an opportunity to be excluded much. In the rare times that I would go, uh, you know, I, I'm loud and boisterous. Uh, so what are they going to do? Kick me out, right? I mean, I can always talk my mm-hmm. way through that
1: yeah um i've noticed that at least some people when seeking out these these spaces will will sometimes there can be like lingering internalized homophobia with some people in or, or, or transphobia um that pushes some people out but it's good that you haven't really experienced that oh yeah for sure i know that there are plenty of queer spaces that are still
0: pretty exclusionary to trans people for example or to non-binary people I know, for example, that, like, uh, there's a lot of biphobia in the LGBT community because there's a resentment towards them for their ability to straight pass, essentially. That Mm -hmm. people who are exclusively homosexual, uh, anytime they're acting out a romantic or a sexual drive, they have to do so in a way which socially alienates them. Whereas with bisexual people, you know, the term they use is that we always have the option to be with a uh, opposite gender partner or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? But that's not really how it works, right? It's not like bi people are like, hmm, I'd like to face less stigma today. I will uh I, I will be with this person. You know, <laughs> I don't think it normally yeah. goes that way. I guess it can for some, but I think for the most part, you just find who you like and you're you're in for whatever storm that brews.
1: Yeah, and there there can be biases towards one gender or the other, but I don't you know, it just it, it shouldn't really matter to whether they're included into the LGBTs. Spaces like it's it's always really weird when i see people like that yeah
0: well it is uh it is indeed pretty cringe but i think that on the whole the left and queer communities are more inclusive than they've ever been so we should be happy about that at least
1: yeah definitely um next question do you think uh non-monogamy and polyamory should fall under the lgbtq umbrella umbrella um probably not i i you
0: could you, could, you can make an... I don't even know if I'd want to have the term queerness apply, you know? It's definitely mm-hmm. something, but to me, non-monogamy would be more in, like, the... I think it's closer aligned to, like, the kink space than anything, you know? Uh, there are people who have argued that being, like, into leather should be part of the queer community, and I've argued against that, too, uh, pretty, right. pretty substantively. I don't think there's a strong cultural... Uh, overlap there or there's not much of an experiential overlap necessarily you know being into leather doesn't necessarily mean that you have any more of a cultural alignment with the broader queer community than not being into leather i think so if i have to make that argument with leather i guess i'd make it about non-monogamy as well i think you can advocate for issues related to non-monogamy and the acceptance of non-monogamy without invoking queer language though
1: okay That, that makes sense um i generally think that it can be simply because it is sort of like a subculture within communities can i respond really like quick kink? to someone in chat yeah
0: sure somebody says vosh is just wrong here the leather community and lgbt community have supported each other for decades yeah but ask your average gay person if a cis het person who wears leather should be considered queer they're probably going to say no i'm not saying there isn't a parallel or an overlap there or that there's like no cultural overlap i'm just saying i don't think it, that overlap exists to the extent That people would be considered queer simply because they are uh you know they wear leather or whatever
1: yeah and and tying tying queerness to kink was also you know a component of homophobia yeah i don't really like
0: how there are some queer people who insist on that there are a lot of like super left anarchist types on twitter who are like yes actually me being gay should be socially destructive which i think is a really privileged and like head up ass position you know like queerness isn't Mm -hmm. just you in your 20s on twitter masturbating while chatting with your mutuals queerness encompasses like hundreds of millions of people is it really like like is it socially uh is it a social improvement for both the movement and for uh you know especially a lot of younger people or people in like more reactionary communities for the queer movement as a whole to go like yes being gay and kink these are one and the same the whole argument was that like it should be treated the same as heterosexuality for decades, but some people are like, well, no, actually, we we do want to be permanently like the pariah, the social outcast, the rejection of normality, in which case you don't actually want equality. So, I'd, in a way, I'd consider that almost a reactionary tendency, you know? It, it, you can't, like, the end state of gay and trans acceptance is you being as normal and boring as cishet people. I'm sorry, but that's how acceptance works. So if you well, hate think- that so much that you're uh that, that you're you're gonna be like, oh well, we should deliberately ostracize ourselves. Well, okay, well, you're not really fighting for acceptance then you're you know you're fighting for I don't know, being cool.
1: I think sometimes it falls more into the semantical game of like of of assimilation versus acceptance where people will be like, well, we don't want to assimilate and and basically shape our culture to to the normal culture and instead have the normal culture come over to us.
0: Yeah, but you can do that without inextricably tying queerness to um certain cultural elements that are considered like less appropriate, right? Like for example, mm-hmm. heterosexual culture entails a lot of thing in my head, like in my mind, you know, but I wouldn't like go around saying that the two are inextricably linked or I would make the argument that we should treat all heterosexual people like they're part of the same uh block. It's not really about yeah. assimilation, it's just that as a product of social malignment, there are certain types of behaviors that are Acceptable when you're the outsider, but impossible when you're not the when you're the insider. And one of those, I think, is the idea that like being queer should be in some way heavily defined through your sexual like predilections. Um, that's something that's been used to stigmatize the queer community for a long time. And I just feel really bad, you know. Like imagine if there were big queer leader- leaders going out there being like, "Actually, yes, being gay is about destroying society. Yes, that's right. We are all." corrupting your children to worship satan blah blah blah. and imagine like a, a mom hearing that and then turning to her 14 year old son who just yesterday said like yeah i think i might be into men like how, how do you think you're making that kid's life better it, it, it past a certain point it's not about improving things for people and it just becomes about like in-group identity and a desire to distinguish yourself from the normies but you can do both of those things without assimilating you just have to draw a distinction between the baseline, this is what being gay is, and the higher tier, oh, and also I want to destroy society with my gayness. If you can just distinguish those two things, then I don't think there's any issue there, right? You can be like, uh, yeah, you know, being gay is just a sexuality. There's nothing about it that's inherently, you know, deviant or whatever. We're all just trying to live our lives. And then turn around and go, but my particular flavor of being gay does involve being gangbanged by 13 werewolves in the middle of a park. That's fine. That's, that's based even. Go for it.
1: Uh, this, this, that reminds me, I actually disagreed with your take about, like, the, the Ben Shapiro reacting to the, the queer song or whatever, the, the we're gonna convert your kids or whatever.
0: The queer, I, I don't know if I remember the specific song.
1: It was like, it was like about how they're gonna, the, um... The queers are gonna oh, convert your kids, or whatever. Was this
0: that acapella thing? That was kind of yeah. creepy. It was all like these adult guys. It,
1: cr- it was cringe, guys, but, like, but like, like, I don't, I don't think, it, I don't think it was that big of a deal. Like satire's gonna satire, you know? Yeah, I, I
0: guess. Just child molestation is one of those satire well, topics that I would be, because that's what it I was, don't, right? Because well, the, the, the conservative, no, I, don't, I, don't think,
1: I don't think that's, I don't think that's what it was. It was just like we're gonna you know, your kids are going to be gay and and we're going to, like, teach them to accept themselves. Like, that was the the song. It wasn't like, we're going to come and molest your kids. Well, no, but when conservatives are saying that, like,
0: gays are going to corrupt their kids, they're including, like, child predation in that. That's kind of the cultural narrative. So for you to go like, yeah, we are going to do all that, we will corrupt your kids, it kind of plays into their fears in a way that, like, I don't think it means those teachers are all predators or whatever. I'm just saying, like, this is some dicey fucking material um to uh to 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 run in through you know
1: i guess um but i i I kind of view uh through the lens of like starship troopers where like yeah there are going to be some fascists that unironically like love starship troopers and like think think it's based as fuck without like seeing that it's satire um I, I, i sort of view that song through that lens okay i
0: i get that just if you're like a gay guy on TV, and like a conservative is like, you are all pedophiles, you're corrupting our children. And your response is, yeah, we are corrupting your children. That's right. We're going to teach them to accept themselves. You have to understand that in the conservative mind, all you're doing is using euphemism and innuendo to reaffirm the worst stereotypes about that group. To them, when you say, we're going to teach them to accept themselves, like you have to imagine it from their perspective, which is the leering doublespeak of a person who's justifying predation of children. So, again, I'm not saying that there's anything morally wrong with playing satire in here. I'm a big, you know, fan of edgy comedy. It's just, it's definitely something you have to be super careful with, and I think in that case, like, uh, judging from the fact that nobody on the left was willing to defend it and everyone on the right dogpiled it, it seems like the math there just didn't work out in their favor, right?
1: Yeah, I can I can see your point, where, like, it, it's just reaffirming their, their crazy narrative about you know child predation in the in the lgbt community i can i can see that
0: i'm not again i'm not saying it means they are or that they're malicious or or whatever it's just it's it's just one of those (laughs) it's one of those big memes you know one of those big edgy memes that you have to be careful with
1: yeah definitely so what do you what um what are your thoughts on on corporate support for the lgbt community and and how we can push corporations to sort of do better in terms of, like, representation and, like, in supporting the LGBT community? Um, well, I mean, the rainbow capitalist
0: shit's generally a good side, or it's a good sign of things for our side, right? Like, I don't think that corporations running out there with queer pride flags necessarily makes life better for queer people, but it's kind of a passive indication of the way the wind is blowing. Corpses will do whatever makes them the most money if they think that, um... They think that, like, placating to us culturally is going to make them more money. They'll do that. The fact that they overwhelmingly do do that, same with Black Lives Matter and other shit like that, is kind of an indication things are doing well for us, you know? If it was the other side of things, where, like, corporations were all posting, like, blue Lives Matter sympathy flags or whatever, uh, you know, obviously we'd be upset about that. So it seems to me fair that we should be happy when they don't do that and instead do the opposite of that
1: yeah definitely i um i think i think most of the people i've had on pretty much agree with that where it's basically like just a good indication of where we're at culturally but ultimately a lot of it's like empty gestures and and sort of like doesn't really affect people
0: yeah well we should be cynical about it of course because the 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 big risk here is that people think that what the corpse are doing is enough you know the the real Mm -hmm. threat is is always going to be um Passivity and, uh, you know, acceptance or sorry, not acceptance. A better term would be. um, uh, What does it mean when you've you've, you've achieved a certain level of something, but then you're done like you think, oh, that's enough. What is that term? Um, Uh, Complacency. Thank you. Thank you, chat. Yeah, yeah. sorry. No, I'm hardcore blanking today. I haven't eaten enough food. Um, Complacency is the real threat. So we should simultaneously say, oh, it's good that these corporations are doing X or Y and we should make fun of them for not doing more. In terms of what more they could do, um, well, social supports, well, I guess a good way to put it is like, look at Netflix, right? Netflix uh, spent millions of dollars on Dave Chappelle's like, turf special, uh, but they're also outwardly, at least in optics, a progressive community. The The best thing that they could really do is commit to the messaging uh, that, that aligns with their, um, you know, their, their branding. One of the best ways that I've seen this done in recent past is like modern cartoons are really fucking gay, like on Cartoon Network. I don't, I don't know if you like watched Steven Universe or Star vs. the Force of Evil or any of that other crap, but like I feel like modern cartoons are really, really gay, um, in a good. I mean, yeah, like you know, I'm saying yeah. it in a good way. They're, yeah, they're much, Steven yeah.
1: Universe is great, by the way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think. I mean, it tripped at a few hurdles, but like altogether, I think that it's indicative of positive social forces the owl house is currently running that's gay there's always gay stuff the the owl house is like a non-binary character and this is i mean it's all happening so fast you know it wasn't that long ago five years ago who knew what non-binary meant things are moving really really quickly and that's great so
1: yeah i didn't even know what non-binary meant like two three years ago
0: yeah yeah it's it's i mean it feels pretty goddamn new of course, obviously, historically, it's a bajillion years old, but we we you yeah. know that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about like how long has it been culturally relevant? And the answer, at least here in America, is very little time. So the more we commit to stuff like that, I think the more uh, easily it'll uh, the more easily we'll be able to have these conversations in the future because we've all grown up with a kind of shared default acceptance for you know, queer culture.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and now now to our final question, what does pride mean to you and what does it represent?
0: Ah, uh, God. I think, to me, so pride means a couple of things. First of all, I think it's vestigial. Pride only needs to exist because there's social opposition to to fight against, you know? Like, mm-hmm. in, in a non-homophobic world or non-cis standard in, in a world which was perfectly unbigoted there would be no need for pride uh because it wouldn't there would be no cultural uh defiance of stereotype or of hatred or of superstition it would just be another sort of normal thing that you could be but obviously we don't live in that world so I think right now it's a nice show of solidarity I think that it's very uplifting uh and I think it operates as a kind of cultural nexus for a lot of people not even just gay people but people in general where it informs uh, the way in which we navigate a really difficult and confusing, incomplete set of gender stereotypes. So I think Pride is good for those things. I think it's like a beacon in the dark, basically.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you for coming on. Oh, and uh, I recently heard about your your worst airplane experience and how and how you <laughs> fucked up your uh, your little dongle
0: my dongle, um
1: and i was just gonna make a suggestion for for like a bluetooth thing that you can get um that won't break so easily
0: okay you know how you know how um we're talking about how new non-binary stuff is like in the cultural discourse Mm -hmm. i know that bluetooth is old and i still don't trust it i do not trust bluetooth i don't know what (laughs) it is i don't know how it works i don't trust it i use wired mice i use a wired keyboard I use wired earbuds. I don't know what Bluetooth is. I don't trust it.
1: So it's it's just it's just something that can that'll connect to your phone. You can still put your wired earbuds er, in into, and it, it just connects to your phone. It sounds fake. <laughs>
0: but yes please hit me with your recommendation yeah Yeah, send it over yeah
1: i'll I'll send i'll send you a few links in 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 chat or whatever um but thank you for coming on again to to vosh's audience i am the leftist owl uh you can find me at twitch.tv slash the leftist owl uh i'm also on twitter at the lefty owl and uh and on youtube as the leftist owl though the algorithm completely buries me (laughs) it took a while for me
0: to you know vosh vidya uh i was i was always getting dogged in search results by vati video i have no idea why i chose a name so similar
1: <laughs> yeah
0: not a uh, great yeah, move on my part
1: thank you for coming on it's always a pleasure to talk to you and i've been i've been watching you for a very long time um and i always enjoy your stuff
0: thank you i appreciate that uh
1: well i'm i'm not going anywhere
0: anytime soon i hope so uh hopefully yeah. there's uh more and better stuff in the future
1: yeah, and hopefully we can uh, we can collab again sometime in the future. Absolutely.
0: Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it.
1: yeah, thank you thank you for coming on uh, to to my little thing, and uh, I'll talk to you later. You take care. You too.